0: Hello everyone, Chris Carlton here with another episode from the Study Abroadcast. In this episode, we're going to talk to Megan Baker from Carroll University. Megan is the Study Abroad Coordinator over at Carroll. And in this interview specifically, every interview is different, and she does a a good job of two things. First of all, alleviating fears or doubts that one may have uh, before they take their trip, or if they're planning their trip, or not planning their trip, or you know, how to decide to make the right decision and study abroad. And she also talks about what it was like to work. She actually held two jobs, sometimes three jobs while in school, and still managed to make time to study abroad. So it's a good episode if you're a college student and you're working and you think there's no way I can do it. This episode is definitely for you. So without further ado, I will start the show and enjoy Okay, hello everyone, welcome to the Study Abroadcast. This is Chris Carlton here with Megan Baker of Carroll University. Megan, thank you for being on the show and welcome.
1: Good morning, thanks so much for having me. Yeah,
0: no no problem. Uh, Carroll University is a small private school in Wisconsin and Megan will tell you a little more about it. Uh, Why don't we get a a little started about maybe your
1: background and study abroad experience. Sure, absolutely. So um, I went to UW Oshkosh. I majored in German, uh, minored in English Linguistics and International Studies with a focus on um, European history. And I decided to study abroad, participated in the Wisconsin-Hessen exchange program, das Austausch um, and studied, you know, more German intently, um, intensively and, uh, literature and just the whole immersion experience was very wonderful. So, uh, yeah, I went for a semester in Gießen and that's a small city in the state of Hessen. That's north of Frankfurt on Main, uh, maybe about 40 minutes by train. And I studied at, uh, U.S. Universität, um, really fun little town, and you really could go, you could go anywhere in the state of Hessen on your student visa, sorry, your your student ID, so um, got to explore a lot that way. And um, did you, so did
0: you go the fall semester or spring semester?
1: I went for the spring semester um, because their spring semester kind of spills into summer, so I didn't get to start school until March, and I went until... Um, I went until May. Um, I had a family emergency um, just before finals, um, and then I went back. I went back to the states, and then went back to Geeson. So it was kind of like a disruption. Um, oh, so and I'm not, but yeah, not, that I'm not was not my sure experience. How long ago you went? But you nine years. Talk a little <laughs> bit about the doubt. It was nine years. Was nine years ago.
0: Okay. Could could you maybe talk? That's about how long it was for me too. Could you maybe talk a little bit about the doubts or fears or reservations that you had before you left and what you did, if, if you had any, and what you did to overcome them? If you
1: tons did. of fears, tons of questioning myself on whether or not I could actually do this. Um, because I actually started ground zero with my German my freshman year. Um, I needed two years of language, uh, according to um, having a bachelor's in arts and the advisor suggested Spanish. I said no. I mean, I took Spanish in high school, but it never really appealed to me. Um, I have a lot of respect for Spanish because I know it's desperately needed in a lot of fields, but it just was not something that was as appealing to me. And so when I saw there was a German program, I insisted on doing that, and my advisor gave me a strong disagreeing opinion, and I still persisted and said, nope, I want to do this. Um, So My German class, it was my first class, my freshman year. I was nervous, I was jittery. Um, And then in walks in uh, the professor, Dr. Elizabeth Wade Serebian, and everything just felt okay. And if anybody at UW Oshkosh knows um, Elizabeth, she just has like this positive aura around her. Um, She became my German advisor, my mentor. Um, She's just absolutely wonderful. So I was cultivated in a lot of ways, um, just from the support System of the German department. We um, weren't as large back then, but you know, small but mighty. But uh yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, no, no, no. I was just gonna say, German's uh, the hardest language. Or Mandarin. Learned, I think, as far as the, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah
1: um yeah so you know so. having all those reservations she suggested to me quite a few times you should study abroad you should study abroad and i'm like yeah no i don't think so i don't think that's obtainable for me um i'm paying for school by myself i work two jobs there's just <laughs> no way I, I think i can do this but i took a chance anyways um wrote a really strong essay i've uh, got some really great recommendations from the german faculty and um yeah, I was accepted and I was so excited to go. Uh, And so I just studied more of the language more intently and just anything I could to prepare myself. And of course, money was just such a big issue. I applied for scholarships. I didn't get a lot, Um, but I worked three jobs then. Like, because I didn't start school until March, I actually took up a third job and made it work. Um, Of course, I had to take out just a little bit of a loan just to have a cushion in case anything were to happen, but I made it work out because I wanted it that bad. And um, so, you know, having all those reservations, she suggested to me quite a few times, you should study abroad. You should study abroad. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think that's obtainable for me. Um, I'm paying for school by myself. I work two jobs. There's just (laughs) no way I, I think I can do this, but I took a chance anyways. Um, wrote a really strong essay Uh, got some really great recommendations from the German faculty and um, yeah I was accepted and I was so excited to go Uh, and so I just studied more of the language more intently and just anything i could to prepare myself and of course money was just such a big issue i applied for scholarships i didn't get a lot um but i worked three jobs then like because i didn't start school until march i actually took up a third job and made it work um of course i did take out just a little bit of a loan just to have a cushion in case anything were to happen but i made it work out because i wanted it that bad and um Just a lot of love and support from friends and family. You know, I sent postcards, they sent me gifts, they sent me letters. um, Because Skype really wasn't a thing back then. I actually only discovered Skype like halfway through my semester in Germany. So at least then I could, um, you know, call back home to my parents, my friends. Um, Facebook chat was just coming around. So I utilized that. Um, And just having that support system kind of eased me, but I've always been kind of a gypsy heart. So uh, it really fed my soul, I guess, to um, learn all of these new and wonderful things. And because I come from Northern Wisconsin, it's very much a German dominated uh, community. Like that's our background, that's our heritage. And I was telling my grandma, who's um, you know, second generation German-American, I told her that I really don't miss home because it's a lot like it, you know, here in Gießen, so you know, the food wasn't that much different, um, you know, cultural nuances, it really wasn't that much different than what I was used to back home. So that was kind of interesting, I thought.
0: Yeah, uh, so I've gotta back up, so wait, so you, are you, meaning to tell me that there was one point where you were in school and working
1: three jobs? Um, Yes, yes and no. Um, I mean, I I come from blue collar roots, so there's a job to be done. I have to do this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so because the semester didn't start until March, I did have three jobs at one point. Um, And then I also not only did I have two jobs during Um, this semester but then I would have a third job during the summer um, where I went away uh, to a youth camp, summer camp out in Maryland so I technically would have three jobs but kind of in different, different, at different times during the year. Yeah,
0: okay. So, okay, so let's transition a little bit and I'm gonna, you talked about applying for scholarships. Mm -hmm. Now do you remember anything about that, about the process? And as we get into Carroll University a little, does Carroll offer anything specifically? Because uh, I've talked to some people and there are scholarships specific to that school for international education students. So could you maybe mm-hmm. touch on that topic a little?
1: Yes, so um, multifaceted questions. With When it came to scholarships, it was really hard for me to, um, put into words why I wanted this experience because my major was language I wasn't going into education I wasn't um, I didn't really have an end goal I just knew that this was an experience that I wanted to have right now so trying to put that into words is really tricky and trying to convince people that um, this is something that's very academically based rather than a glorified trip Um, so I want a few Uh, they're not really like, really bigly named scholarships, but you know, a couple hundred dollars here and there really helps in the grand scheme of things. Um, and to transition into Carroll, um, so I started at Carroll University, oh goodness, four years ago? Yeah. And I started in the provost's office, um, just doing some administrative work. And um, my boss at the time, Uh, said, you know, I know this is not a long-term position for you. Just tell me where you want to go, and I'll try and get you there. And so I said, uh, study abroad, international education. That's, you know, in my background, that's something that I'm passionate about. And so she said, all right, just hang in there. Um, Then maybe about a year later, a role opened up for study abroad advising, and um, I uh, was able to transition into this role and what I'm doing right now. So it was really, it was a great opportunity um, just from, you know, hard work and knowing where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. Um, that's how I was able to obtain what I do now. And so when it comes to scholarships, um, something that's really unique about CAROL is our cross-cultural experience, our CCE. Um, so we have the Pioneer Corps where students uh, take gen ed courses, and it's a thread of courses that lead up to the cross-cultural experience. And students usually do that um, probably second semester, sophomore year, and then we'll get juniors and seniors. That's our biggest, like, outgoing uh, demographic. Right. So, yeah, so the cross-cultural experience is we're one of... I think a dozen un- in universities in the United States that offer such a unique requirement and um, that involves either participating in a faculty-led course or a study abroad opportunity. So when it comes to faculty-led, um, that's a colleague of mine, I don't do a lot of oversight on that so I primarily uh, focus on study abroad and we we just have, we do have a lot of internal scholarships for students to apply to. There's a lot of external scholarships as well. I, I have um, Last year, I made it a priority to just ask around, um, you know, the Milwaukee area, Waukesha area, if there are any local scholarships that students can apply to. I reached out to a lot of the cultural groups in and around Milwaukee, and if people are familiar, like we have cultural festivals every single weekend uh-huh. in um, in Milwaukee, so I reached out specifically to those chapters and I asked if there's any opportunity. Um, you know, if students study abroad or if they, you know, maybe have the heritage in that, will you, are you, um, or will you make funds available to them if they apply? So I did get, you know, quite a few responses. So, um, our students, if they do their CCE, that is, um, an option for them just to gain a scholarship and help pay for this thing that we make them do. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, that faculty-led courses include domestic and international. So if students aren't comfortable or they may not have um, the ability to go overseas, we do have domestic courses as well as uh, local courses. So we really try to make a robust um, robust option for them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I primarily work with study abroad, we've seen an increase in short term, um, you know, I was able to point the focus um, of interest uh, in those areas and grow it from there. Because, um, you know, students are now becoming, or they have a rigorous coursework, you know, four-year plan depending on what they do as their major. So I tried to make it accessible for them by Um, you know, presenting options that might work for them. So they can do gen eds while abroad. They can, you know, maybe do a major or minor course, depending on the context of course and how far along they are in their uh, their progress. So try to be helpful as possible. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Everyone has different advice, and I love hearing it, but what would you tell a student who's kind of on the bubble about studying abroad and thinking well, I can't afford it. It's too expensive. What would you tell us to? Oh, that's that
1: always um, an issue or a question that I get, and I just keep telling them there are scholarships for you to apply to. Um, you know, where do you want to go? I can recommend a location that is, you know, not as expensive. So, if you want to go to London, um, you know, anywhere in the UK is going to be way more expensive than if you were to go to Argentina. So, it really depends on trying to counter their fear with something that um, sounds like an accessible possibility. And yes, I do have students that just really push back and don't want to do it. That's fine. I totally respect that. Um, it might be more underlying fears than, um, you know, location or affordability. So I really try to counter it with a respectful, diplomatic explanation of actually you can make it work i and I, I don't tell them that i work three jobs um to make mine work because i know that's not um it's not very common and it's a really high expectation to put on yourself but what i tell students you know who do get worried about cost i tell them like you will make it work if you want it that bad you will make it work and so i try to be encouraging that way
0: And I'm, I'm seriously going to say this in every interview I do, but I what I tell people is that it's like, in the long run, it's more it's more costly to you to not study abroad mm-hmm. as far as your resume goes and getting a job in graduate school. It's more expensive for you not to study abroad Absolutely. than it is to study abroad. I, I strongly feel that way. So, uh-huh, sure. Thank you. That was a very good answer uh, to the scholarship question. So yeah, there's definitely a way. Whether it's to London or the other way, side of the world, mm-hmm. or maybe to Canada for a summer, just anything to get especially in the job
1: realm. Um, that's what employers want. They want that, you know, cross-cultural communication. They want the, um, you know, willingness to expand outside your box. You know, your mindset. Um, that's I try to also tell them. You know, from the aspect of career services, that this is a really great um, professional opportunity for you. You don't know it yet, but it will be.
0: Yeah, and you never know who you're gonna meet or who mm-hmm. you're gonna keep in contact with. So exactly, like all of something comes about it. Now, now, can you do you <laughs> remember? I know it was nine years ago. Yes. And I don't know if you've been out of the country since, but can you share a good travel? Oh, story? Oh, I have many. I have many travel you can recall, stories. Or? Um,
1: you know, uh, I one of my favorite memories is um, snorkeling on the Great Barrier Reef. Um, I was in Australia for work, like what was it back in two thousand thirteen. And I took a vacation because I didn't think I would ever visit this side of the world again in my life. Um, You know, so prior to being employed at Carroll, this was a really great opportunity for me. Um, So I took a vacation all by my lonesome self. (laughs) I was, you know, mid twenties, just the world at my feet and that in itself was just a growing experience because I've never like I traveled to Germany all by myself but I also made friends along the way and met other students at other UW schools so I wasn't completely alone but this was my very first experience being completely alone um so I stayed at a hostel in a on an island that was just off the coast of um uh Townsville that's up in Queensland I believe the state is called Um, and I met you know friends there it was a youth hostel so many people were my age or younger and some are older Um, it was on an animal sanctuary and there was a there was talk at a table about snorkeling in the Great Barrier Reef and I was eavesdropping at the time of course and so I said oh let me check this out I didn't know this was an option so I went up to the front desk and I asked about this um, opportunity The front desk worker said that there was a Uh, A charter from the mainland that came and picked up people at the port um, of that island and took them out to the reef so uh, they called and they because it was leaving the next day so they called and said that yes they had one room one more seat left because somebody canceled last minute so that was just my luck uh and I said sign me up I don't care how much it cost um and I went and it was just this beautiful opportunity. I love anything in the water. Um, I used to be a lifeguard. That was one of my three jobs. And <laughs> so it was just this amazing dream come true. It was it was like being in an aquarium. We um, saw just, <laughs> it was, you know, beautiful <laughs> coral, um, you know, some fish. It wasn't the season for all of the tropical fish, but we, um, cause it was winter time. So coral is actually brighter in the winter. And then the tropical fish come out in the summer. So it's, like, opposite, um, depending on the season, uh, what you'll see in the reef. So that was just this beautiful and amazing opportunity. Uh, Met a few fun people on the boat right there because it took, like, two hours to get out to, like, a really good spot. And, yeah, yeah, it it really depends on where you are on the coast, um, how long it gets uh, to the reef. I believe that a remember somebody saying that Cape Tribulation is actually the closest part of Australia um, to the reef, but other than that, the rest of them, it takes quite a few hours from boat ride. So you don't get to snorkel very long because you, you have to be back before you know a certain time of the day and all of that fun stuff, all those fun logistics.
0: Yeah, well, I, I love snorkeling and- Yes. I- I've definitely <laughs> got to get out to Australia at some point. I can point. give you a love really destination place, ideas. Actually, okay, good. We'll <laughs> have to talk after after the interview. Uh, now, going to, into my favorite part of travel is uh, the food. So first, you mm-hmm. are from Wisconsin, and do you have a favorite dish from here back here? And what is that? And then also, do you remember something from? Your travels that you participate I really am a self-proclaimed foodie.
1: I will try anything. I love to cook. Um, I love to cook anything, and I'm not really much of a comfort food person. I'm not, you know, at all in favor of meat and potatoes. I, I think that my palate is too complex <laughs> to have that. But honestly, um, I mean, I grew up, um, you know, spending a lot of time with my grandma. Um, and she is just an amazing cook and baker her last name is also Baker so it works out um, and so yeah I learned uh, <laughs> right? I learned a lot from her um, a lot from my mom as well we just it's very much in our uh, family that you just make these wonderful homemade meals everybody comes together it's just this you know family familial event um, so I really appreciate cooking especially anything that's homemade um, but I don't really have a favorite dish however, um, I love all Mediterranean cuisine. Um, in Germany they have a Doner Kebab. It's this glorious like pita bread that's stuffed with lamb or another kind of meat. Um, You can put like a coleslaw mixture, you know, cabbage, onions, this garlic yogurt, garlic yogurt sauce that is just to die for. And it's street food. Um, It costs like two or three euros. Depends on, you know, the stand. It's open until, you know. Two, and two or three in the morning, so it catches the bar crowd. Um, and it's just, it's so good. <laughs> and you reek like garlic for a couple of days just because it's so strong. Um,
0: oh, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I wouldn't
1: care. Sounds good enough. Right? Yeah. Right, no. Yeah. And um, I believe I saw at some point that someone in Milwaukee um, opened up a kebab stand somewhere. I have to find it, but this gentleman went to Germany, loved it, and brought it like brought that back here to Milwaukee. So I'm going to search for that man and I'm going to eat all of the Jonah. But, um, yeah, Turkish food in general, because Germany has such a big population of Turkish immigrants. There's a lot of Turkish restaurants and on Sunday, everything closes. So really the only things that were open were Turkish run businesses. So restaurants, um, in particular, we just didn't have anything to, any of us, uh, any of my friends uh, didn't really have anything to make or didn't want to cook for Sunday. So we would go to a Turkish restaurant and totally fell in love with it. Like, the the oregano, the tomatoes, the feta, um, the hummus, just all of it. Love it. <laughs>
0: sounds, sounds delicious. And now, if, if you, I'm going to have to look some of these places up too, or at least try to cook some of this stuff. Cause I, I like cooking too. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know, everyone consider themselves a foodie, but I, you can kind of tell the ones that are really foodies. And I think those are, yeah, those are the ones that'll go in and cook this stuff. But, uh, and then if you, if you walk into a bar, what, what, what will you order? to drink? Um, a beer.
1: <laughs> I, I do yeah. love beer. Um, not to the extent of abusing it and chugging it or anything like that. That really was never my thing. I enjoy it. Um, and studying abroad in Germany actually really made me appreciate the culture that is beer um, and just like the business that it is, the economy, how it drives people's economy, I'm sorry, how it drives countries' economies um, and just you know brings people together for events. But I will probably order anything that is, let's see here. I love uh, pilsners, I love lagers. Saison's, um I've tried some box. Those are okay. I'm not. It's kind of too heavy for me at in, in some aspects. But I love there's A few more I'm missing. But I have an untapped account, so I have a nice repertoire going so far. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: so now you've got your Turkish food, <laughs> and you've got your you've got your beer and you're going to have one living person over for dinner who would it be one why? living
1: person oh my dear um not dead <laughs> it is living it can be uh, no it's okay one yeah. living person who would it be well i just okay the,
0: it's a it's a common question and i just think mm-hmm. hey, this person that that you say might actually hear the interview at uh, some point point maybe you might be able to actually have dinner with this person as opposed to the uh-huh. dead person who you obviously that's can't fun. Take, have dinner no that's
1: okay oh yeah. my goodness
0: um, Should we maybe come back to it?
1: Yeah, I'm trying, cause I'm trying to think like who would I have dinner and why.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. A, okay, let's let's come back to it. If or if That's you think it. of anything, let me know. How's that sound? For sure, for okay. sure. And then now, do you have any book recommendations or b- blogs or movies that you've seen that you think would be good, especially as it relates to studying abroad or just in general? Yeah.
1: I mean, I can tell you or students or listeners don't watch any of the shows that talk about being abducted. Uh, that's terrible. Um, I, some parents will call me in a frenzy because, um, you know, they don't want this happening to their student. But got to remember, this is Hollywood cinema. Um, do not talk, you know, watch things like Locked Up Abroad or Taken or anything like that. But um, I know if you're learning a language, uh, you should really look into the different magazines or newspapers of that country. Like, I will read Der Spiegel uh, from Germany just to, you know, remember my words and recognize uh, different phrases and just try to better my language that way. Uh, Foreign films, um, you know, in that language definitely will help you with your listening and reading comprehension. And I also, when students want to study abroad um, in Spain, uh, I do have a large amount of um, Hispanic and Latina Latino uh, students, student population that want to study abroad. Um, and if they go to Spain, I let them know, you know, watch some videos. Um, the accent is different. The There's a lot of... Nuances in the language that you might not be familiar with, so I highly recommend just trying to learn it that way, with just understanding, you know, the accent and all those other components to the language that you might not think about now, but you'll hear it <laughs> once you land. Um, so yeah, anything in that language, if you are, um, if you're interested in culture, um, current events, uh, highly recommend that. And um, I mean, my favorite book is actually *The Alchemist* by. Paulo Coelho. Ah, yes. Um, okay. It's such a beautifully written book. I read it when I was, you know, my, in my 20s with, you know, so much on my shoulders to succeed after college. And it just kind of was inspiring. Right.
0: Yeah. That, that was a really good way to answer the question. Well, can you, can you tell me some media that you like, well, I can tell you what not to consume, <laughs> is, especially if you're thinking about studying abroad. So that, yeah, that's a yeah. good, that's a good way. And do you have any favorite quotes that you'd like?
1: Yeah, um, I love the quote, the more I see, the less I know. I found the, the I think it was written by John Lennon at some point, but I know a lot of songs have included that phrase. Um, but I'm pretty sure the origins is from John Lennon. But the more I see, the less I know. And I believe that so, Hardly to my core, because every time you see something new, it kind of opens up a portal to um, so many more questions and to a different world that you're just not used to. So get out there and learn some things, and you'll see that there's just so much that, um, you know, will open up your eyes to uh, a completely different horizon.
0: Yeah. No, that's, uh, I, I'll have to, I think it's John Lennon too, but just to be sure, I'll check uh and then do you have anything else you'd like to add?
1: Um oh my goodness. Yeah. I guess yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no. Um honestly, if there are students that are hesitant to study abroad, um, just because it is such a scary thing to some people. And there are other students that come in and say, "I want to do this." I, you know, they're so sure of their decision, and that's awesome to you know be at that point in your life where you are sure about the things that you want. I know that college is a is a growing experience for all of us, right? Like, I think the most growing I've ever done um, probably was my the semester I had to prepare myself to travel and then my actual semester abroad. Those were my crucial growing moments. And so I highly recommend it. You know, you'll find yourself, you will appreciate people, you'll appreciate cultures, languages, food, on a whole entirely different level. Um, And you will, you will talk about these experiences for the rest of your life. And, um, you know, you will really find yourself in so many ways you never thought possible.
0: I couldn't I couldn't have put it better myself and I actually I actually thought of someone who you can have dinner with who is that well this Turkish food and beer sounds so good I might have to come over and eat it myself so <laughs> you, can, you can have dinner with me and that sounds good that's, yeah that's a good answer to the question and I'm still
1: alive too <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> come on over I'll all show right. you Milwaukee it's okay. great
0: all right perfect all right well thank you very much Megan I, I will be in touch guys I uh, if you're listening to this on one of the podcast mediums or on YouTube, be sure to go over to the website and look at Carroll University's infographic. It's a really neat school. They've got a pretty cool website. I'm on it right now. Uh, otherwise... That's a brand new website, so yeah. I'm really proud of that. Oh, it is brand new. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, otherwise, the traditional social media links if you want to keep up with new interviews. And uh, that is all I have for today. Megan, thank you very much, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you so much. I really enjoyed my time on here.
0: All right. Thank you. All right. Bye.